Welcome to Making Bank, the show for Bankless DAO by Bankless DAO, where each week we highlight a project and a personality from inside the Bankless DAO. We want to showcase the work that we do and the people who do it. This is our story as we journey to become more bankless. If you want to learn more about what it is that we do, then just keep listening. We hope you enjoy today's episode of Making Bank. Hi, I'm Drost, and welcome to another episode of Making Bank. Today I'll be chatting with Lands about the Migrants NFT project. Lands has been a member of Bankless DAO, I believe, since before uh, the beginning of this year. And so we'll chat with her a little bit about that and then jump right into the Migrants NFT project. Hi, Lands. How are you today? Doing great. Pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. So maybe we can start with a little bit of background on you. I know you really want to focus on the project and the artists that are being highlighted with the Migrants NFT project. But maybe we can just get a little bit of background on you. What brought you into this space? Uh, what intrigued you? That kind of thing. Uh, just briefly, whatever you'd like to share to give maybe our listeners a little context. I'm a content producer. I got into this space, I think, end of last year, September 2021, by a friend who introduced me to NFTs. I was exploring the NFT space on and off, and I was wondering, like, there's got to be more to this this Web3 space than beyond NFTs. So that's how I found out about Bankless DAO, and I started contributing to the AV Guild and the Writing Guild. I think mainly attending meetings, but I did write an article, and I'm working on my second one right now. Great. So how did you get plugged into this Migrants NFT project? What about it spoke to you? Okay, so the friend who introduced NFTs to me is actually the co-founder of this project. Sam was a photojournalist and he's been documenting stories from the migrant worker community for, for more than a decade. So when he came across NFTs last year, he realized that there was a potential for artists in the migrant worker community to tell their own stories through art and to find a global audience. For us at Migrants NFT, right, our goal is to support artists from migrant worker community who wants to bring like their stories into the Web3 space. And so for context, there are millions of migrant workers who leave their homes every year to work on labor-intensive jobs like domestic helpers, construction workers, farmers, etc. And in the media, Usually, the articles that we find about them or the media coverage that we find about them is very one-dimensional and it builds into like the stereotypes. And I personally believe that it's because of um, the lack of understanding and the exchange, lack of exchange of cultures, the opportunity to exchange cultures. Yeah, so there's actually much more that the community has to offer. I agree with you. I think it's easy to pigeonhole uh, entire communities in the popular media. And migrant communities, I think, are probably some of the hardest hit on the economic side of things and oftentimes disconnected from families or uh, not being integrated into the culture of the communities that they're working in. And that's a problem. And I think projects like this really help to change that. That's, that's what we hope to do. Yeah, because both Sam and I, we are from, we are content producers. We believe that stories serve as very important bridges between like very different worlds, worlds that we would perhaps never get to experience uh, in a good way or in a bad way. So 
yeah, as I was saying, there's so much more that the community has to offer. Like that community is very rich. For example, like a poet that we collaborated with, yeah, Yulia. So she told us that she really wanted to be like a writer when she goes back home. And she has been working in Singapore as a domestic helper for more than a decade. And she is actively taking courses, either subsidized or online on her own initiative to learn like how she can become a better writer. She has been participating in competitions as well, like writing competitions. And yeah, she's just writing like whenever she finds like pockets of time after her work, between her work, like during the rest time. Another artist that we work with, Rini, she loves like collecting bridal gowns. So she will she will save up her money and then she will spend a portion of it on like uh bridal gowns, like those wedding gowns, secondhand wedding gowns that people don't want anymore. And then she will collect them and she hopes to open like a salon in the future. And so she has been taking like hair and makeup uh causes. She has been like designing dresses on her own using very creative items. For example, lottery paper, like discarded lottery paper that people don't want anymore. She sees beauty in that and she actually made it into a beautiful gown that we actually managed to sell and it was our first sale. So it's very encouraging because for us, we are currently at the proof of concept stage, I would say. And yeah, it shows that there is even though we're in this bear market, there is a demand for this kind of stories and there is a demand for this kind of bridges to be formed. Yep. Like in this world. So it's very encouraging. I'm looking at foundation right now, foundation.app and the Migrants uh, Forever collection. And I think I'm looking at this particular artist you're talking about. So yeah, we'll put all these links in the show notes and so listeners can follow along and listen to or look at some of the art and poetry and so on from the artists that are being showcased. That's pretty exciting. Yeah, do you have some other stories like that that you'd like to share? Yeah, so there's another uh, poet that we work with. He is super, he's this unsung hero in his community. Life is not easy as a migrant worker. And a lot of times they are sent back, like for the construction site, they are sent back uh, if they get injured and they don't get compensated, they are sent back home without pay and all. And this is actually illegal. There was once where we were having a meeting and he was having a meeting with us over like on the bus. And we were wondering like, okay, why are you on the bus? Because it's very late. It's, I think it was about 11. And he was just sharing with us like, oh, it's because like he had to rush to the airport to stop a friend, someone from his community from being sent back unpaid and injured. So he was just sharing like this kind of stories for us and he's actually looking for volunteers and we did tell him that, okay, we are interested in volunteering to just help out and to see what we can do. This is probably only related to Singapore, but I'm sure there's like many other communities around the world that will need locals help as well. So yeah, and he is someone who actively uh, organizes events for his community, actively set up a community library yeah, to to share the love of reading and writing with the rest from his community. Yeah, so I thought that it was like so interesting because these are things that like they are already so packed. They only have like one day off uh, every week and yet they are doing this kind of initiatives so that they can, in a sense, better enjoy themselves. Um, yeah, and I, I just look at myself and I was like, Oh no, like I have so much, sometimes I have so much time, I have more time than them, but I'm not like making use of this time wisely. And yeah, it's really an inspiration when I listen to their stories and 
seeing what they're doing. That really is inspirational. I mean, when you know how hard people work, and then to see that they're making time, whether they have time or not, and then even if you are able to do that, how do you get exposure? How do people see your art? How is that done? I mean, it's a kind of a largely invisible community. I think projects like this are really, really helping to raise awareness. I'm looking at the migrantsnft.xyz website, and I'm looking at the section where it talks about it, and there being three parts to the project. So there's the curation aspect, which is introducing migrant artists through these curated collections. And as people that are familiar with the space know, foundation.app is one of the leading platforms for that. And then the other, second piece would be changing social narratives by amplifying these stories and amplifying the art that folks are creating. And then third, and and I know this has been on my mind as well, how do you create a safe environment for these communities to learn about crypto and NFT, NFTs, especially with there's so many ways a person can get hurt in this space. And to my mind, migrants are probably some of the most vulnerable people out there. And so how are you protecting them? How are you educating and creating a safe space? And then the the final piece of this is this is not a charity. Everyone who contributes to the project, they get remunerated. The artists are being remunerated and all of that. So I don't know if you want to get into the mechanics of that or if you wanted to talk more about how you're educating the community and keeping them safe. I can do both, yeah, because it's something that we really thought hard about before putting every line in that website because um, of the nature of this project. So our team is dogs as well <laughs> because I, I think it's important to build that credibility, especially with the nature of this project. So we all know that the crypto space, is, it's anybody can fall for any scams. Yeah, I would say an ocean full of sharks. Okay, but for us, we believe in the potential of NFTs beyond all this hype and the money grabs project. Yeah, we believe the potential of bringing the art and stories on board to a global audience. So what we do is that we actually piloted a workshop when in the very early stages, when we first started. And then we try to understand, okay, what are the issues that the migrant artists actually face when they use the platforms? And we realized that it is not mobile friendly at all at that time a disclaimer is at that time which was last year and that was how we pivoted to focusing on onboarding like one on one like onboarding one-on-one artists sorry focusing on onboarding artists one-on-one so we what we do is that we actually tell them okay this is this is a space where your focus should be making art and sharing your stories. You shouldn't be involved in all of the like flipping or all of the trading of the projects because frankly, we a lot of the projects you require money and yeah, even if there's free mint, there's nothing free in the world, right? So we tell them that, okay, just focus on making your art and that's what our focus is as well. And that's what we have been always drilling into them, telling them like, okay, these are the safe practices and we do all of this on a one-on-one session. So I think like every stage, I think I spend with the team, we spend like one hour with each artist telling them like, okay, this is what you have to do. We work with their schedules and it's a very manual process for now. I think it's because, I believe that it's because we are in our starting phase. That's why it's manual. But we are creating video recordings of how we do things and all that we can hopefully share in the future with other artists that we are going to onboard. Yeah, but the key thing is that we always tell them like, um, 
don't don't get into the trading side of things like don't force for scams if anybody asks you for money don't ever send them money tell them that you have no money <laughs> and don't send them anything yeah also don't click on any links good i think the education portion is extremely important so i'm really glad to to hear that you're doing that and you had mentioned that it is a fully doxed team and that i think that's becoming more and more important in this space and especially with all the questionable projects out there. It's really important, I think, now to have those folks identified. Secondly, you are participating in Gitcoin GR14, which is the Gitcoin round for funding projects. And for those that are familiar with Gitcoin, it's a really great way of, of funding projects, and it uses a concept called quadratic funding. So that is a mathematical way to increase the strength of preferences of people who voted in a way that is more equitable. The idea is that a small donation by a lot of people amplifies quite a bit. And Land, you have a bit of a, a description that might help our listeners that may not be familiar with how quadratic funding works. Yeah, so how it works is that there's a matching pool, matching pool from sponsors, for example, like Polygon, ENS, Ethereum Foundation, and the projects that are fundraising in the Gitcoin grant round, they, the projects that have the most amount of contributors actually get a bigger share from this matching pool. So it uses, like Jose, you mentioned, it uses quadratic funding, which ensures that the projects doing the greatest public good actually get the most support and a bigger share from this matching pool because it works in the assumption that people will want to support like public goods that they feel can make the most impact. So for this, what I really like about it, and I guess like a lot of people really like about it, is that the number of contributors actually matters more than the amount donated. So, for example, a project has like a $10 donation from just one donor versus a project with multiple $1 donations that makes up $10. Yeah, this other project will, in a sense, be seen as the project that's more favorable to get the matching pool, to get a bigger slice of the matching pool. Yep. Thank you. That's a very succinct way of explaining it. And so, to people that may feel like their donations don't matter, or their contributions don't matter. I think this is a really good way of addressing that because if a lot of people who donate a little bit participate, yeah. it those projects get funded better, which is really cool. So we actually tell people that yeah, one dollar, your one dollar actually goes a long way because it can be a one dollar up to a four times, a five times. I have even seen a nineteen times like match. So a one dollar has a nineteen dollars impact. Which I think it's I think it's awesome. Yeah. We previously raised in Gitcoin Grand Round 13 as well. We managed to raise about 6k in Gitcoin Grand Donation. And a big shout out to to NFDAO. So NFDAO is a philanthropic philanthropy DAO. Oh sorry, am I able to share or Yeah, sure. Okay, yeah. NFDAO is a philanthropic DAO that actually uh, donated, contributed uh, a 5k grant for us where we use the money to help with like the administrative costs, for example, like guest fees, website hosting, the production costs behind like, the dress, like the transportation of the dress. And it really helps to enable the artists to, to continue doing their work without paying their own money up front. And this is what uh, we are intending to use the funds for. Great. That's fantastic. So you'd mentioned that you're in the early phases of building, and 
obviously you'd like people to buy the NFTs and buy what speaks to them or and or contribute to the Gitcoin round. But there are other ways to contribute as well. Would you like to maybe speak to some of that? Oh, definitely. Yeah. So on our website, we have a list of people that we are actually looking for. But as of this stage, we I know developers are hot in demand right now. But I think at this stage, because we are in the early stages of building, we are we are more focused on getting community builders on board who's keen on contributing, who's very strong at, for example, like social media, connecting or building communities. Yeah, because right now the team is very small and unfortunately we don't have our own Discord yet, which hopefully with more people on board supporting this project, we will be able to get get people create a discord channel or create a hangout spot for people who actually support supports the project yeah for them to actually share their ideas and all but as of this stage we are very active on twitter Uh, we respond to every dm so if anyone has any questions or wants to contribute feel free to dm us yeah, and on Twitter, that's at Migrants NFT. That's and true. we will, of course, put this stuff in the show notes. So yeah, you had mentioned you need engineering help. Probably, I imagine, smart contract knowledge. I assume you're at Solidity and you're on, yeah, it's foundation, so you're on Ethereum. And then, of course, education, community moderators are always super important. And then I think also you had said, or at least in the FAQ I was reading, that they could really use help if you speak any of the languages that are listed here. If I'm pronouncing things correctly, Tagalog. Am I pronouncing that correctly? Yep. Bengali, Tamil, Bahasa, in, uh, which is Indonesia. Yep, that's right. So the reason why we are starting with these languages is because most of the people from the migrant worker community, like that's based in Asia. And if I'm not wrong, some of them, they actually work in Europe as well. Yeah, they speak, uh, they are from Philippines, Indonesia, Bangladesh, India. Yeah, but we are starting from Singapore. And that's why these are the group of people that we are looking at. But we do eventually hope to grow into a global movement. Because I understand, like, being in the space, I understand that migrant workers, the community extends beyond, like, Asia itself. It extends to, like, the US, where uh, maybe, Joe, you can highlight more about it. Like, from who are the migrant workers in the US, for example. I can only speak to the the one I'm familiar with, the migrant workers coming from Central America and, and Mexico. It used to be where they'd come seasonally. It's not just field work, but this is the example that, that I'm using. And, and actually, there was an episode, Malcolm Gladwell has a really good podcast, and he talked about some of the unintended consequences of some of the U.S. policies related to border crossings. But that's all. It really caused a huge problem in the migrant worker community and it made worse the problem that people were complaining about in the first place. But so people were were traveling seasonally to work in the fields and then they would go home. They would go back to their home country in the off season, be with their families, take the money with them that they earned. And then there was a, and, and I could be wrong on, on some of the, the details behind this, but I'm, cause I'm doing it from memory, but and then there was the big porter crackdown and all of this nonsense, fear of the other in the U.S. and keeping people from going back to their home country after they completed a season of work. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? So now they have to find housing in the U.S. and then sending remittances back uh, via Western Union or whatever. And of course, paying huge fees to send that, that money back home. So the unintended consequences were that you had temporary what they called guest workers that would come into the U.S., work for a season, and then go back home, and then come back the next season. What ended up happening, because of policy changes, they ended up having to stay in the U.S., couldn't see their families, 
the only way they could work was to stay here and then send the money back home. And so they got displaced from their own communities. And you had mentioned also about being exploited. If a worker gets injured, well, they don't get workman's comp because they're not, a lot of them are undocumented. And it's often the employer that is not wanting to document them because if they document them, they have to pay taxes, they have to do workman's comp, all that kind of stuff. And so these very, very hardworking people have been exploited and used as political pawns for decades. And this is just one example. Yeah, it's heartbreaking. It really is. It ruins people's lives. Yeah, I think it's a very complex issue. And I honestly don't think that we are in a position to be able to solve this because there's so many like stakeholders involved. And But what I do believe is that if there's something that we can try and make it better, and then, yeah, I, I think it's worth a try. Projects like this really help that. It changes the narrative. It helps amplify personal stories. And I think personal stories are really what people resonate with. And you have a way to engage mm -hmm. and support people in a way that's meaningful and maybe having a brighter future through their other um, passions and skills. Is that a fair way to yep. speak to it? Yep, yep. Yeah, so our approach now is we are onboarding like artists one-on-one. -on -one. We understand like their story. We see whether we can help them and how can we like better support them. So right now you've got, is it five, five artists that you're working with? So it's a fairly new project. You've got a handful of artists you're working with. Do you have a, I know everybody has a roadmap, but do you have a sense for where you're at in terms of being able to onboard more artists? Is it really, is it staffing or is it funding or a little bit of both? Do you have a pipeline of artists or how do people get plugged in if they know of a migrant community or migrant creators, artists that might be appropriate for this project? Is that something that you're ready to speak to or is that a little bit further down the road? Oh yes, definitely. We are always open to talking to people, learning about how the migrant uh, worker community is like abroad as well. Uh, yeah, so I've spoken to people from Serbia, spoken to people from Brazil, spoken to people from Barcelona to really understand, okay, so this is, and that really like builds on our conviction because it's something that is not limited to just, um, to just like our own tiny country, but, or even like our own region, but it's something that is like worldwide. So yeah, we are always open to speaking to more people. If they do know of any artist, please let us know. Yeah, we are always open to speaking and learning about like the, their art, what they are doing. We do, at a very initial phase of this project, what we did was we actually have an Excel sheet and I personally <laughs> went to manually script through like community groups, Facebook groups, uh, all the events like there was a global migrant festival where there were artists and poets and photographers and filmmakers from the migrant worker community sharing about their stories. So I actually have an Excel sheet where I collect um, their information and their how can I contact them and stuff like that. So yeah, always open to chatting. And when there's an opportunity that arises, for example, like exhibition opportunities, I will always like reach out and we will see whether how we can collaborate with them to create like a collection that we can actually share. An example is that we, for the Forever Dream collection, we actually got it displayed at an exhibition in Singapore. And it 
the one of the photos from the collection actually traveled to Hong Kong. It was on display in an exhibition called Ataverse. Okay, let me make sure that I get the pronunciation right. It's art and A-V-E-R-S-E, Asia. Oh, I see. Yeah, so it's one of Hong Kong's largest outdoor NFT festivals that just passed. And we collaborated with an organization called Impact NFT too, which is also an organization for using NFT for good. Yeah, to display one of the art pieces. And we are also going to New York City. So if anyone is going to NFT NYC, you can check out our work at the Rock Radio Gallery. I think it's at the oh, Super fantastic. Chief. Super Chief Gallery. The piece is on display right. for two days on the 21st and the 22nd of June. We are always uh, looking out for opportunities for the artists that we are working with. And if we do find a good story, we will try and elevate it and we will work through these different partners that we have and we'll try and push out their works. Yeah, it's a lot better, I feel, than just perhaps putting it on their in their closet or in their on their Insta or on their social media, although some of them do have like huge followings on social media. Yeah, but it's fi- really finding ways to get the story out there. Yeah, absolutely. I love the fact that, that you're participating in NFT NYC. I know there's a number of Bankless DAO folks that are going to that event as well. Being able to see these pieces in a in a IRL event, talk to other people, mm-hmm. make connections, really fantastic. I'm glad to to hear that you're that the project is participating in, in events like that. Yeah. All right. So there's a number of ways for folks to get involved with Migrants NFT. And you had mentioned a couple of ways to, to contribute. But as far as getting in touch with Migrants NFT, you don't have your Discord yet, but you do have an email, migrantsnft at gmail.com. I don't know if, let's see, we've also got your socials. There's the Twitter account. And again, these will be in the show notes. The It's at Migrants NFT on Twitter. And the website is migrantsnft.xyz. And on the website, there's a hamburger menu up in the upper right-hand corner. You click and drop down that, gives you FAQ, gives you a link to the foundation collections and some background on the project. Is there anything else that you'd like to share about the project or anything that we have not covered? Yes. So about our website, we are in the midst of revamping the design, the UI. So if anyone wants to get involved in that, please let us know as well. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Fantastic. It sounds like you have lots of opportunities for people to get plugged in if, if this project and, and the concept resonates with them. And, and if you don't have time for that, please take a look at the collections. There's two collections on Foundation, Work Slash Life and Forever Dream. Those are the two current projects and with more to come. And so these look pretty exciting. You know, the more we've talked about uh, these things over the last few months and the idea of trying to do things that really benefit society more and our public good and help uplift communities and provide visibility. I think this is an example of the kinds of projects we'd like to see, Yeah, personally I, anyway. I, I do hope to see more of such projects as well. And we are always open to collaboration, to seeing how we can partner uh, with other projects. Yeah, it's for really just to use this space for good. It's really um, heartening to see. So was there anything else that you wanted to touch on before we wrap things up? No, I think that's good. I, I think it, it was very nice talking to you, Jose, and thank you so much for giving us this opportunity to reach out to like-minded collectors who perhaps appreciate the art and believe in this movement, funders, potential funders, and also community builders. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you, Jose. Appreciate it. And 
hit us up on our DMs. Yeah, Twitter DMs. Yeah. Great. Thank you, Lance. And Lance can be reached uh, within the Bankless DAO Discord. She is L A N Z. I forget your last four after that. It's um, L A N Z uh, hashtag three 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 nine. Yeah. So if anyone wants to reach me on Discord, I'm available there. Perfect. I'm really glad you came on. I'm really glad to get a chance to talk about this project. Thank you, Lands. Appreciate your time today and looking forward to more artists being on Migrants NFT and for the project really to take off. And, and hopefully you'll get some more help in terms of building the team and product because I think it's a, it's a pretty worthwhile project. So again, thank you very much. Thank you, Joss. And that's a wrap. Thanks for listening. This has been Making Bank, a production of Bankless DAO. If you'd like to learn more about Bankless DAO, or the Migrants NFT project, please visit bankless.community on the web for Bankless or the Migrants NFT project. The website is migrantsnft.xyz. And of course, if you like what we're doing, please like, subscribe, and follow on your favorite podcast platform. Bye.